listening to the Baby Your Baby podcast with me, Jade Elliott, where we talk all things pregnancy, children, and parenting. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. Baby Your Baby is a KUTV2 news podcast and is sponsored by Intermountain Healthcare, Broadway Media, and the Utah Department of Health. You're listening to the Baby Your Baby podcast with myself, Jade Elliott, joined by Dr. Peter Lindgren with Intermountain Healthcare, a pediatrician with Intermountain. We appreciate you being with us today. Great to be with you, Jay. We're talking today about, I'm sure, a parent's favorite topic, tantrums, and what to do if uh, your toddler's behavior becomes a little aggressive. Uh, so, I mean, I'm a mom. I've seen it. I don't like it. Uh, toddlers and tantrums, they kind of go hand in hand, uh, but that can also at times turn as your child gets older into kind of aggressive behavior, uh, depending on, on the scenario. Talk to us a little bit about that and, and what we should be worried with or concerned about or what is just the norm with kids. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, let's face it. Parenting toddlers and preschoolers is uh, is not easy, and if the world were uh, ruled by three-year-olds, it would be a very scary place to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but you know how how we sort of teach uh, toddlers and preschoolers how to manage their feelings is really important for how they're going to navigate the world, and it really lays the foundation for their success. The other thing that I think is really interesting is a lot of this revolves around the conflicts that we have with them and developing a relationship with them to be able to resolve some of those conflicts. So, um, you know, when we look at behaviors, one of the things that we try to figure out is how to modify those things. And when you have negative behaviors like hitting or biting, you know, it's really easy just to say, don't do that, right? And, and I think that's where most of us kind of go. Um, but, you know, we have to sort of model, you know, how to deal with those things. And a lot of times those uh, behaviors come from having certain emotions and teaching them how to deal with those emotions is really an important uh, piece of, you know, how the, how should I say this? Um, how they're gonna like, you know, express those things. So like, one might express, you know, frustration by hitting, and uh, we have to kind of like demonstrate different ways to do that. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we talk about sort of like having feelings and being able to label those feelings and show them, and also kind of know that we can let them go. And a lot of this is like getting kids to sort of understand how to deal with those frustrations. And I think we uh, we have to model that um, and. That's uh, that's another kind of you know parenting uh, <laughs> aspect that is important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you said right off the bat, you know, talking about conflict <laughs> resolution and how we can help them understand that. Uh, I mean, there's adults that don't understand conflict resolution, you know. So I mean, this, this is a lifelong process, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And um, you know, so that makes it even more important, of course, to start younger and the understanding and the reasoning and you know and then you throw the word reason out with a three-year-old or a four-year-old or even a five-year-old sometimes and how hard they can be just to reason with to help them understand the process of their 
emotions and their feelings and then, you know, the con conflict resolution. Um, so let's kind of start with feelings because I, I think a lot of it, you know, does stem from that. Um, you know, we've had with our son, he's five and a half now and, you know, he's come home from school and said, oh, you know, so-and-so hit me or so-and-so bit me or, or he's gotten in trouble for X, Y, and Z as well. And I always ask, well, why? Why did they do that or why did you do that? And it usually does come back to a feeling. Oh, I was angry at them or they made me feel this way. And I mean, that's kind of the basis of where it has to start is, okay, you may have felt this way, but now we have to talk about your reaction. Right, and I think as soon as you kind of can like understand what you're feeling, you have a chance to be able to sort of change the way you react to that feeling. So that is sort of like, you know, the essence of kind of like how we modify those behaviors. So like if you understand that you're feeling angry, you get a different choice about how you can respond. I think the other, another aspect of this is, you know, like to discipline is not to be harsh or to punish. The discipline is to teach and so one of the key you know aspects of this is you know teaching how to uh, respond to those feelings in ways you know you might be angry you might want to hit but that's probably not the best way to deal with it and you know I think one of the things that is also important and, and you probably have experienced this toddlers and preschoolers they often do things to make us upset, and I think we then model how to deal with those feelings. Like, it's actually, you know, we talk about, you know, remaining calm and, you know, being able to sort of be consistent about how we interact, but it's actually useful for, it's to actually see you get upset and see you kind of calm down and regain control and actually work through those emotions. The other thing is that most of us don't do very well uh, at handling things when we're angry. So being able to model, you know, calming down is is a really useful thing. And I think it's uh, interesting. I think I think children sort of innately do this to us to see how we respond. And so how we behave as uh, parents is modeling for them how to deal with those those feelings that they have and the emotions that they have. Oh, absolutely. They're little sponges and copycats and the things that they hear and, and do and pick up on. I mean, it's crazy. And I, you know, some of the things that we've tried to do when it comes to, you know, like the feeling side of it is almost kind of like you were saying, you know, lead by example, you know, and give an example. I can tell them and say, you know, well, I was frustrated during this or with this person but I didn't bite them. Let's <laughs> hope <laughs> not. Right. I didn't. I didn't bite them when I was mad at them. I did this instead. Maybe try this next time. You know, or maybe, you know, for a child, maybe tell your teacher or, you know, tell whatever. Um, but, you know, lead kind of by that example of, well, you saw when I was frustrated and this is how I reacted to it. And, and maybe looking at these uh sort of negative experiences as opportunities to teach is really important. I think we sometimes dread those things and we expect things to be always calm and lovely. But the reality is that's not the way it's going to be. Like, you know, it's 
you're going to have that. I think the other thing, as you probably know as a parent, as most of us find out, the worst behavior comes out for us. Oh, yeah. And then our kids generally look pretty good elsewhere. But, um, you know, they're almost using us as the lab to learn how to deal with those things. And so, you know, taking those things on as opportunities can be a really uh, useful way of developing that emotional agility to work through those complex emotions that we all have and we're all going to continue to have. And the other kind of big sort of push for this is these are the same kinds of things that happen later on. So like you might be dealing with, you know, big emotional things with a three-year-old. The way we deal with those things is sort of the way we deal with them when they're, you know, older as teenagers, when the stakes are a bit higher. So developing that relationship where you can have conflict and you can work through it, still love each other at the end is just so critical for how we kind of get through like, a lot of the difficult transitions through childhood and adolescence. Yeah, absolutely. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, some tips or techniques on kind of how to get us to that calm down point. You know, if if our child's acting up and, you know, we've we've kind of gone through the steps of, you know, take some deep breaths or, you know, let's just kind of calm down for a minute. I'm going to explain to you why you shouldn't have, you know, shouldn't have done that. What are some ways to kind of, tame the aggression so one of the one of the ones that is sort of a uh, time-honored thing is the old timeout and you know timeout is often viewed as a punishment timeout often is uh, a, you know just place to regain control and you know and it's not something that you know you have to like sit a kid in a corner you know with his face against the wall for you know a certain number of minutes it's more taking some time to basically kind of like get back, do some deep breathing, and then really rewarding them, you know, when they've actually calmed down. So uh, I had a visit yesterday with a, a parent, and uh, she said a really interesting thing. She said, you know, don't water the weeds um, when it comes to bad behavior. Sometimes we really focus on the bad behaviors. And again, you know, really focusing on, you know, reinforcing, you know, it's really nice that you were able to calm down after you got angry as a really wonderful thing. It's also great for us to model that. It's uh, it, it's an okay thing as a parent to put yourself in timeout to sort of calm down before you uh, respond to something that, you know, may be upsetting. Yeah, we call, in our house, we call it reset. We say, hey, why don't you yeah. just, why don't you go reset real quick? Or, yep. or about ourselves, I'm gonna go reset real quick. And after you've, you know, reset, come back out and join us or come back out and play or whatever that looks like. And that has really helped the kids because like you said, timeout sometimes can be used in a negative connotation. And especially if that's been used in a school setting or at a daycare setting, they have this idea of timeout being bad. And we didn't yeah. want that when it came to trying to help them with their emotions or you know their feelings of whatever they're trying to work through. Yeah, reframing that as a, as a positive I think is a really nice thing to do. And then uh, the other kind of phrase that we use a lot is, you know, the person that holds the praise holds the power. Um, sometimes, you know, when we're working with kind of negative, you know, behaviors, if you've been focused on, you know, really positive things and, you know, just having like really good interactions, when you remove those interactions, that is sort of the punishment. Um, so, 
it's uh, it's an important thing to focus on the positives, um, which oftentimes is easier said than done because we tend to ignore, you know, when things are actually going well. <laughs> so being conscious of that and, and reinforcing that is a really great technique. Yeah, absolutely. And there's some other things just in general as kind of a, a household or a general setting that you recommend doing to help improve kids' behaviors? So I do think that um, sometimes, you know, recognizing um, that, you know, when things are getting a little bit, you know, out of control, like, you know, sometimes, you know, shifting uh, activities and behaviors could be a really good way. I mean, sometimes kids are getting, you know, more active and you can kind of like go to a you know, different activity like reading a book. I think the other thing that, you know, most of us do well with is having some routines and knowing what to expect. And I think children are very uh, appreciative of knowing what's coming up next. And so, you know, communicating those things you know, through the course of the day can also be a helpful way of helping them know what's happening and be able to kind of better navigate some of their own sort of feelings as they come up. And consistency. I think consistency is really important. That's something that we found with our kids when it comes to praise and discipline, just the consistency. Right. And I think, you know, particularly when you're targeting certain behaviors, like if you want to make something like hitting go away, you do have to have a, you know, consistent approach. And it's important that it's neither too big nor too small. It's also probably good to understand that anytime you target a behavior, it tends to get worse before it gets better. So before you uh, abandon your plan of like how you're dealing with it, you know, just sticking with it and staying with, um, you know, your intervention is probably a really uh, wise move. And if we've, if we've tried these things, if we've gone through, you know, the motions of what we think should be helping and it's not and we're still seeing maybe not even so much of the tantrums anymore but you know maybe a little more of an aggressive behavior we don't see it changing much at what point should we go past ourselves and do something or, or you know what what should we do next yeah well i think you know it's always a good thing to be able to kind of reach out for support um i think you know those of us in general pediatrics certainly do a lot of this. And I think it's a really good thing to have, you know, a conversation um, with your pediatrician, someone that like knows your child and knows your family. Um, you know, we often then, uh, you know, will refer to other uh, mental health professionals for that. Um, and I think it's important to just look at, you know, the holistic kind of view of what's happening for a child. You know, sometimes there are, you know, simple things like, you know, sleep that may be a problem. And then there could be bigger things, you know, there are, you know, certainly traumas that can go on. And some of those traumas are not, you know, like, you know, bad things. I mean, bringing a new sibling home from the hospital can be hard. Um, you know, moving can be hard. You know, the start and end of school years can be difficult. So, you know, taking a look at, you know, what's happening and certainly this past year has not been easy for many of us in terms of the pandemic. And so, you know, we're all products of the systems that we're in and looking at that for children is, you know, an important piece, but have those conversations with your primary care doctor because they're likely to be very, very helpful in navigating those, those issues. And Dr. Lindgren, thank you so much for that information. We so appreciate your time today and you joining us for our podcast. Thanks, Jake. And that concludes this episode of the Baby Your Baby podcast. 
talking about our toddlers and their tantrums and how uh, we can help with their aggressive behavior. Thanks for joining me, Jade Elliott, and our guest for this week's Baby Your Baby podcast. If you have a topic that you'd like our Baby Your Baby experts to discuss, leave us a comment and don't forget to subscribe. Baby Your Baby is a KUTV2 news podcast and is sponsored by Intermountain Healthcare, Broadway Media, and the Utah Department of Health.